0: i I hope you've enjoyed our summer schedule. I uh, hope you've enjoyed our what we've kind of changed things up over the last two months and uh, we've done some teaching and heard from some different people and I hope in that time hope in the last two months that you've heard God speak into your life. I hope you've heard God encourage you and give you maybe a new direction or maybe a new promise that he's bestowed upon you or or something that you've heard before but he just renewed something in your spirit and in your heart and in your life. And so um because I believe this. I believe in in my in my just my time of prayer thinking about the church. I believe this that God is bringing us into a a great season of purpose for the rest of 2019. And I believe what's going to happen the rest of this year is going to be truly remarkable. Amen. I believe it's going be, uh, to be miraculous. It's going to be supernatural. Um, and not just as a church in a whole, but your life. Amen. And I believe God's going to be performing some supernatural things in your life. Uh, I think I believe that there's going to be uh, some relationships that are developed or healed. I believe there are going to be some connections that are developed or or or. Uh Reconnected. I believe there's going to be blessings poured out, physical blessings, financial blessings. I believe all of these things. I believe God's going to speak a word of promise into your life. There's going to be a miraculous healing in your life. I believe these things, and I don't believe it's going to happen three years from now, a year from now. I believe in the next few months, God's going to bestow some things upon your family and upon your life that you've been praying for, and maybe you started doubting a little bit. Because you haven't seen it. Well, you just hold fast to that promise. You hold fast because he does not forget his promises. Whatever he spoke to you, I don't care. It could have been 30 years ago. It's still very much alive today as the day he spoke it. Amen? So you hold on to it. Don't ever forget it. And I believe God's going to bring some of those things to pass. Uh, He's already done some miraculous things. Um, Just this week, we had two... Uh, of our ladies in this church receive healing, that God re- uh, healed their body. One was Melanie, Melanie Nolte. And, and I'm not trying to embarrass or anything. Uh, she found uh, a lump, and with the family history and, and her mother and everything that's going on there, you know the first thing that happens? Fear. Fear comes into my mind. So we went to prayer for, for Melanie. Uh, and they went in and tested it Wednesday morning. Wednesday was the day. Wednesday morning, they tested it and uh, tested her, and it's just a cyst. No problem, no cancer, nothing. Amen. God, I don't know what it was, but I know what it ain't. Amen. And so God moved miraculously. My wife, Wednesday morning, we went in for a test on on her neck, and we didn't know what was going on, and we knew there was something there. Uh, Her doctor here in Hudson Oaks uh, did a sonogram on it the first time she went in. She said, you need to go see your surgeon right away. So there's something there. We didn't know. We started praying. And they took an MRI. So we went in Wednesday for the, to find out what the MRI said. The doctor walked in, and he looked at us. He goes, let me see that again. And so he walked over, and he put his hands, and he pinched her neck. And he goes, I, I feel it, and I see it. He said, but let me tell you what the MRI says. And he started reading the MRI. Reading the MRI. And he might as well have been talking in Japanese. I didn't know what he was saying. But I said, okay, now explain that in English. He said, I feel it and I see it, but the MRI doesn't show anything. And he said, this is the most sensitive test that you can have. The MRI doesn't show anything. I said, well, what are you saying, doc? He said, Surgery's not necessary right now. He said, there's nothing life-threatening. There's nothing cancerous. There's nothing there that we need to worry about. And I believe God is a healer. I know God is a healer. Amen. And so I give him the glory. Amen. Science can try and and explain it away, but I believe in the supernatural healing of Jesus. Amen. By his stripes, we are healed. Amen. And so that's what's happened just this week. That's what happened Wednesday morning before lunch. So can you imagine what he's going to do in the next few months Can you imagine what he's going to do between now and the end of 2019? Amen. I mean, strap it up. It's coming. I promise you. God's going to do some incredible, incredible things. And I just feel it brewing in the spirit, and uh, I'm excited for it. I'm excited about it. And I'm going to rejoice with you like it happened to me. Amen. And I want you to rejoice with somebody else just like it happened to you. Amen. That's what a family is all about. We rejoice with each other. Amen. And when when God blesses you financially, I'm going to rejoice like he blessed me financially. And when he heals your body, I'm going to rejoice like he healed my body. Amen. Because we're all in this thing together. Amen. God is so good. Amen, amen. And so this morning, I want to I bring all of this together on this final Sunday of July with a single call. And that call is to see the firmness of your faith in Jesus Christ revealed. That's what I want to see. And where we're going to go is Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2, verse 6. We're going to read two verses here. He says, therefore, as you have, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, he said, as, as you received him, how many would raise your hand and testify, I've received him? Amen. If you've been baptized in that beautiful, wonderful Holy Spirit, then you've received him. If you felt his divine touch in your life, then you've received him. And so he says, if you've received him, Walk in him. Look at somebody and say, walk in him. Walk in him. We are, we are, Paul was telling them, he said, look, you've heard it preached. You've felt him. You've received him. You've received the word that we have spoken. And so since you have received it, just start walking in him. Amen. And then in verse 7, he goes on and he says, rooted and built up in him. Everyone say, in him. And established in the faith, so just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Amen. So we're going to talk about that for just a few minutes this morning. And uh, Paul uses some interesting metaphors there to speak about what our life is to be in Jesus. It's not just to be something we talk about. It's something that we are to walk in. It's something that we are to be rooted in. It's something that we are to be built up in. And if those three things are happening in your life, or if those three things are active in your life, then you're not walking and you're not living to the fullest of your potential. If you're not walking in Him, rooted in Him, built up in Him, then I promise you, you're missing some blessings. You're missing some power. You're missing some peace. You're missing some things that He wants to bestow upon you. So I just, I've just, i come to just call you and encourage you and challenge you and nudge you off the cliff to say, if you'll walk in Him and if you'll be rooted in Him and, and you'll be... Because I've heard people, I've heard people talk and they've said, well, you know, I gave my life to the Lord years ago and and there was a promise or there was this that was spoken. There was a prophecy spoken over my life and I haven't seen it come to pass. And they get discouraged in that. And it's easy to get discouraged when we don't see something come to pass. That's why it's so key to be rooted in him. That's why it's key to be to be built up in him. And so this is the call that that the Lord made to me. Uh, he, he made it to me personally first. He He called me to be to walk in Him, to root, be rooted in Him, and to build up in Him. And so I just I'm just passing this on to you. It was good enough for me. What's good for the goose is good for the gander, right? So I'm just it's good for me. So I'm gonna it's gonna be good for you. I promise you. And so, um, <laughs> right? And so. Uh, because your life has more potential than you can even imagine. You can impact so many more people than you are right now. Look at somebody and say you're not living up to your potential. Be like, "Oh man, that's 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 kind of messed up, pastor." Well, I challenge you to start living up to your potential. I challenge you to sell out in your walk with God, and watch as He just blows your mind. There's this little emoji I and I don't think I've ever used it, but I saw somebody use it on social media the other day, and it's a little head, and there's a like a like a, a mushroom cloud above the head. And I for the longest I didn't know what that was, but that it references having your mind blown, just like. You know, and that's what God wants to do to some of you. He wants to blow your mind. You know why? Because he says, I can do exceeding abundantly all that you ask or even imagine he says, I can surpass your wildest dreams. I can surpass your greatest expectations. I can surpass everything that you can imagine. I can do it better because his ways are greater than my ways. His thoughts are greater than your thoughts. And so when we look at that, he is not limited by us. He's not limited by our imaginations. He's not limited by our frailties. He's not limited by our, our, our resistance or anything else. He is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think if we'll just sell out and if we'll just commit to Him. Amen? Amen. And so that's my call today. I I want you to understand how important it is to walk in Him, to be rooted in Him, and to build your life up in Him. Because there is nothing. Nothing. No relationship. No career. No amount of money. No location. No item, nor person that can match what you will discover in a life that is walking, rooted, and built up in Jesus Christ. Nothing on this earth can match what he wants to give you. Nothing on earth, nobody on earth can bless you like the Lord can. He is your heavenly father. And he wants to bestow upon you what is rightfully yours because he is. Is your father, and you are a child of the king. Amen. You are an heir to everything that is his. You are an heir to everything that is his. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. You are an heir to everything that is his. Amen. We've got to believe that. We've got to, and I'm not up here uh, preaching prosperity. You know that if you give the Lord a hundred, by the time you get home, you'll have ten thousand in the in the you know in the deal. If God wants to do that, that's on Him. I'm not I'm not saying to do it to, to get something. I'm saying what you'll see in your life and the peace. I'd rather have peace than a million dollars. I'd rather have joy than a than a than a than a new house. I'd re- that that's what I'm talking about. Anything financial, anything physical, He bestows. That's just icing on the cake. I want what. This world can't give me. I want what they can't take away from me. Amen? Amen. And and that's what what I'm talking about today. That's available to you. Look at somebody and tell them. That's available. That's available. Amen. And so the verse we read says, Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. Charles Spurgeon uh, made this statement about that verse. He said, since you have received him, walk in him. And he says that word walk implies, first of all, action. You can't walk in him if you're not doing anything for him. Amen? You can't walk in him. He says, do not let your reception of Christ be a mere thing of thought to you. A subject only for your chamber and your closet. He said, but act. Upon it, put it into action. Let what you have living inside of you, abiding within you, be active through you. That's what that's what uh, he was talking about. And so if he is alive in you. And you know that you've been baptized in his wonderful spirit and and his salvation is active in your life. Act like it. (laughs) Act like it. Anybody have joy? Okay, the three people that raise their hand act like you have joy. Anybody have joy? There we go. Act like it. Anybody have peace when you lay your head down at night and 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 close your eyes? Anybody have peace? Yeah, this is interaction. Yeah, act like it. <laughs> you got to act like it. How am I to show joy if all I do is walk around like a? Like somebody stole my cat. That's a bad analogy for me. If somebody stole my cat, I'd be walking around happy, but uh, I don't like cats. <laughs> First of all, I wouldn't have a cat. So but anyways, I'm sorry. All you cat people, I did not mean to offend you. I apologize. <laughs> John's a cat person. I'm talk to him after church, he'll tell you about it. But we've got to act like it. We've got to act like it with joy and, and meekness and confidence, faith, and boldness. We, if, if I'm living this life, I need to be showing this life. It's not just for me in my cl- prayer closet, Lord. I'm, you know, What I do here is just be me, and we, and we walk out the door, and we don't show anything of what he's done. Amen. It's not just for us in here. It's when we walk the streets and when we walk the grocery stores and the shopping centers and the job sites and all of the office buildings, when we walk, we ought to walk with the confidence that I know his peace is surrounding me, that no matter what comes, his peace is here. And I'm walking with joy, unspeakable, full of glory. And I'm walking with the meekness of the Lord because I want his characteristics and his attributes to be active and alive in my life. That's what it means to walk in him. Amen? So are you walking in Him? Only you can answer that. I can't answer that. I don't follow you around. I don't have a drone flying above your head. You're like, okay, today we're going to fly the Randall drone. No, no, we're not doing that, okay? That's between you and the Lord. Only you know if you're walking in Him. But let me, if you're not, if if you... If you're honest with yourself today and you say, you know what, I haven't done it as well as I should, let me challenge you. Let me let me encourage you to understand the benefit of walking in him, because when you walk in him and you abide in him, he abides in you and your steps are ordered when you walk in him. If I'm not walking in him, my steps are out of whack. And I'm leading myself, and I'm going. You see, but when I walk in him, he orders my steps. He shows me where to go. He closes the doors and opens the doors. He shuts the windows and opens the garage door. And he, he leads me, and he directs me when I walk in him. And when I walk in him, and when you walk in him, his spirit will go before you. That's the other thing. I If I'm walking in him, if you're walking in him, this is... If nothing catches your attention about this, let this catch your attention. If you're walking in him, there's no place your feet will step that he hasn't already been there. I'm going to say that again. If you're walking in him, there's no place that your feet will ever step that he hasn't already been. He hasn't gone before you, and he hasn't ensured that this is where you need to go. Amen? I promise you, read Exodus chapter 33. It tells you, amen, if you'll walk in him. Because when we go through the Bible, Paul wrote to the church in Rome. He wrote in Romans 6 and 4, walk in newness of life. In 2 Corinthians 5, 7, walk by faith, not by sight. So there's a newness that we are to walk in oh, yeah, I received the newness of life. Okay, that's great. Golf clap. Now walk in it. Abide in it. Allow it to abide in you. Allow it to lead you. Allow it, allow it to direct you. You know, I, I, this isn't just for a plaque. Okay, he says walk in the newness of life. Walk by faith and not by sight. Galatians 5.16, walk by the Spirit. Galatians 5.25, if you live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Ephesians 5 and 2 says walk in love. Ephesians 5 and 8, walk as children of light. Again, over and over and over again, walk in it. Walk by love. Walk in love. Walk as children of light. Walk as heirs. Walk in the Spirit. Walk by the Spirit. You are not in this alone. Amen. You are not in this alone. And that's the beautiful thing about this life that we live and and that I do not have to walk in this all by myself. I don't say, yeah, but I'm in a dark place. He's there. He's there. I promise you. Amen. And so uh, I challenge you. Let You know, you, 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 it's the saying, you know, you talk the talk, but now you got to walk the walk, you know. And you can apply that to a lot of different things. But it, this, what God has done in you and what he has blessed you with by his spirit, that's that's meant to be lived out loud. That's meant, we are not to be a dam. We are to be a conduit. Anybody know what conduit does? it allows electricity to flow through it okay through it it never stops it conduit is just something that allows something to flow through amen and that's what our life is supposed to be and if i'm walking if i stop walking in him i stop the ability for him to work through me if i just sit still in my house and say nope this is for me then i prevent i dam up the flow of His blessings, His power, His purpose in my life. Amen. But when I walk in Him, and I walk by the Spirit, and I walk in the Spirit, and everything we've talked about already, then I allow that to flow through me. And as I'm walking, and I'm abiding in Him, and and He's flowing through me, He is going before me, and opening the right doors, and closing the right doors. And I am directed by Him, and I am guided by Him. Amen. And that's where the blessings come. Amen. Amen. And so over and over and over again throughout the New Testament, we're reminded that we are to walk in him. Paul then goes on in verse seven and he says to be rooted in him. And this brings me to what David said in Psalms chapter one, verse three. He said in in Psalms one, three, he said he is like a tree planted by streams of water that yield its fruit in its season and its leaf doesn't wither. And all that he does, he prospers planted by the streams of waters. Then Jeremiah takes this same thought and kind of expands it a little bit. In Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 7, he says, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. Verse 8, he says, He is like a tree planted by water. Now watch this. This is what I like here. That sends out its roots by the stream. Sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes. Anybody ever felt the heat come? (laughs) Pressure, stress. For its leaves remain green and it is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. See, being rooted in Jesus is an ever-flowing stream of strength and stability. That's what it is. When you're rooted in him, that strength that he has, for he is made strong in my weakness, that stability that he is faithful and he is the chief cornerstone and all those things, that, uh, that flows in my life. And when that is flowing in your life, that does not allow withering and, 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 and wilting in the sweltering heat of life's problems. You see, because life can turn up the heat. Life can bring about some things in, 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 in the way only life can. But when these things are flowing, when I am rooted in Him, I watched this deal, this video of this, um, it was a bean plant, and it had this seed, and they buried the seed. And I watched, and for the first, I believe it was seven days, nothing happened above the soil. Nothing for the first seven days. But you know what was happening below the soil? There was these roots that were going down. And then once it went down a ways, it started going out. And then they started growing down. And it wasn't until there was a basis of a widespread root system, underground, unseen, that you ever began to see this little bud begin to pop up out of the ground. And that's the same thing in our life. You see, I've got to get rooted in Him before people will ever see Him through me. You see, because all you see of me is what is on the surface. What they see of you is only surface layer, right? Amen. But if you're not rooted in Him, they won't see Him through you. I've got to be rooted in Him. I've got to be grounded in Him. We've got to be completely founded upon Jesus Christ and who He is so that when we begin to spring forth, when people see us, they don't see us, they see Him. Amen. And that's why Paul talked about that. He said, be rooted in Him. You still will bear fruit when the rain has stopped if you'll be rooted in Him. Your strength will not wane when the heat comes on if you're rooted in Him. Because you are rooted in Jesus Christ, you can stand the storm and you can stand the wind and the rain and all of those things that come. Rooted in Jesus allows the power of his spirit to flow continually through your life. Being rooted in Jesus negates every wind and storm that tries to overcome you. As long as you're rooted, look at somebody and ask them, are you rooted in him? Let me say this, what you're rooted in is what you'll produce. What you're rooted in is what you'll produce. So what's your life producing? That'll answer the question of what you're rooted in. Amen. And so if you'll get rooted in him. You will produce his fruit, the fruit of the spirit. Amen. If that's what you want, get rooted in him. Then Paul calls for us to be built up in him. And I love this part. First of all, we cannot be built up in Christ unless we first are rooted in him. Okay. So there is no being built up unless you're rooted. You can't say, God, build me up if you're not rooted. Being rooted in him is in the past tense. That that verse in verse 7 that word rooted, if you go back to the to the original text of, of, of in the Greek language, that word is speaks in the past tense. That's what I am. I am rooted in him. There comes a point in time. Being rooted in him doesn't happen by accident. Okay? That's, that's a decision I have to make. That's a decision you have to make. You have to decide. I'm going to be rooted in him. And once you're rooted in him, being built up in him is in the present tense. And this is what I like the word or the phrase built up in him in the Greek language implies a progressive increase in stature through him. If you want to have a progressive increase of stature, then you've got to be rooted. If you want your impact and your influence to grow, if you truly want to make a difference and you're not satisfied with just existing and you're not satisfied with just living life and going to work and coming home and eating dinner and going to bed and waking up and doing it all, if you're not satisfied with just doing that and just existing, and you'll, you'll make the decision to get rooted in Him, He will build you up. He will build you up. I don't have to lift myself up. You know why? Because if I lift myself, it's like pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. You know, that's physically impossible to do. You know how I know that? Yes, I did. I tried it. I heard old people say it all the time when I was a kid. My grandfather said it. I was like, what in the world does it mean to pull yourself up by your bootstraps? And so I tried it. I put on my boots, tucked my pants, my blue jeans in my boots, grabbed this boot loop and that boot loop, and I yanked. I didn't get anywhere. <laughs> Just a hurt finger. That's all I got. You know, and you're looking at me like you are the dumbest person in the world. We can't elevate ourselves. Well, let me say this we can, we can elevate ourselves. But there's something that happens when we elevate ourselves. It's called pride. And pride, we know what the word says about pride. Pride goeth before what? Fall. If I build my own pedestal, it will fail. That pedestal will fail. And I will fall off the pedestal that I built and lifted myself up on. But if I root myself in Jesus, if I walk in him, he will build me up. And when he elevates me, it will stand strong and it will stand firm. When he elevates you, he, you are on a firm foundation because he is the rock. And he is the chief cornerstone that our life is founded upon. And the cornerstone never fails. And the rock never fails. And it's not built on sand, but it's built on a rock. So you get rooted in Him. Don't worry about elevating yourself. Don't worry about promoting yourself. Don't worry about promotions. You root yourself in Him and let Him build you up. Because when He builds you up, it's a sure foundation. When He builds you up and He causes that increase in your life, and He causes that increase in your relationships and your physical bodies and in your finances— It'll be on a sure foundation. But if I try to build myself up, I will surely fall. Amen. Because pride goes before the fall. And if I do it, well, how'd you do that? Well, yeah, I'm a self-made man. I did it. You see how that goes? It's just just a slippery slope. So we've got to be We've got to focus on being grounded in Him. Ephesians 2 tells us a little bit about this. Verse 20, he says, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. Verse 21, "in in whom the whole structure being joined together, grows. Everyone say, grows. Verse 20 said, built on the foundation then it says, grows into a holy temple in the Lord. He's not talking about this building. He's talking about your body. Okay, verse 22, in him, there's that, in him you are also being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. You see, when you let Jesus be, be your foundation. He will build you into exactly what he wants you to be. He will increase you how much he wants to increase you. Why? To fulfill his purpose. Everything God does in your life is for his purpose and his purpose alone. And so if I, all I have to worry about is being rooted in him and walking in him, then he will build me up. He will increase you. He will benefit you. He will promote you. Amen? Amen. I want you to stand with me. See, I'm done. So what is the benefit of walking in him, being rooted in him, and being built up in him? What's the benefit? Colossians chapter 2, we read 6 and 7, but I want to show you what the benefit is. I want you to pay attention to this because this is, this is the whole reason Paul told them, walk in him, be rooted and built up in him. This is the whole reason. He said, for in him, everyone say in him, the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. And you have been filled in him who is the head of all rule and authority. Stay right there. Go back. You have been filled in Him. You know what the benefit of being rooted in Him? He has all rule and authority in your life. Fear has no authority in your life. Amen? Your past has no authority in your life. The devil has no authority in your life. He has no rule over you. Sin has no rule and authority in your life. You know why? Because you are filled in Him. And when you are in him, he has all rule and authority in your life. That's why those who are filled in him can just, in Jesus' name, and things happen. You can speak his name, and the rule and authority of that name will change an environment. Peter and John, at the gate beautiful. They practiced this rule and authority. The lame man asking for something. He's asking for a little change. He wanted to hear the tinkling in the cup. He said, no, no, no. Silver and gold aren't going to do you any good. He said, but such as I have, I get." What did they have? They were filled in him. Because just a few days prior, in an upper room... See what's powerful about that upper room? Before the Holy Spirit sweeped through there like a rushing mighty wind, before they gathered for a prayer meeting, Jesus kneeled in that same room in all humility and servanthood and washed the dirty feet of his disciples. That's what changed the environment of that upper room. And so when they gathered in that upper room and they started praying, there was, already some, there was already a precedent set. You see, His Spirit will always flow and always move where there is the power of humility in operation. This isn't about you. This isn't about me. This is about Him. I must walk in Him. I must be rooted in Him. He goes on, verse 11. In him, there's that two words again. Also, you were circumcised with the circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Verse 12. Having been buried with him in baptism. See, that's that new covenant thing. That's the power and the beauty of baptism. It connects. It attaches His name. It's the signet ring that the prodigal son was given. That's what baptism is. In which you were also raised with Him through faith in the powerful working of God, who raised Him from the dead. And you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with Him, having forgiven all of your trespasses. By canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands, this he set aside, nailing it to the cross. This is what I love. Why should I walk in him? Why should I be rooted and built up in him? Because he, everyone say he, not I, not Life City, he disarmed the rulers and authorities, and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in Him. (laughs) In Him. There's so much power in Him. There's so much blessing in Him. There's so much promise and purpose in Him. As we close out this service, once again, I want all the kids to come up here, and I want you to stand across this front right here. I want you stand and look out that way. Stand right. Get in a line shoulder to shoulder. Turn around this way. Yep. Stand right there. Stand the Bible tells us a story in the Old Testament that there was a generation that forgot what God had done for them. And that generation forgot to tell their children about the good things that God done. Forgot to tell them of the miracles. And so the Bible records that there was a generation that rose up that knew not God. We can't let that happen. We can't let that happen. Why should I walk in Him so that my two little blonde-headed girls know how to walk in Him? Why should I be rooted in Him so that these children here understand the importance and see the benefit of being rooted in Him. You see, I'm not doing this just for myself. You're not. I'm not challenging you to do this just for your benefit. You see, because we're going to pass on something to them, whether whether we mean to or not. Because you know who they're watching. They're watching us. And so I've got to be rooted in Him so that they understand. The importance of being rooted in Him. And when they see the Lord build us up, you know what it's gonna do in their little hearts? It's gonna make something's gonna click and they're gonna be like, oh, you know, I watched mom and dad, I watched grandma, grandpa, I watched, I watched the people, the adults in our church be blessed and be favored and and, and God bestow and unlock and open doors and and, and do all of these things for them. Why? Because they were rooted in Him and they were walking in Him. They're, They're the beneficiaries of what we do here and now. They will follow in our footsteps, good, bad, or ugly. They will follow in our footsteps. I don't want to lead them astray. I want to teach them how to trust in the Lord. I want to teach all of these kids, not just my two, but all of these kids. I want to teach them to learn to trust in Him and to walk in Him and to love Him and to abide in Him and what it means to be rooted in Him. That's why it's important. Because we have something to pass on to the next generation. And if I fail, this world out there has all kinds of things they'll pass on to us. I'm not going to fail because I'm rooted in him. Amen? I want us to close this service out this way. I'm going to ask all these kids to just bow your head. I know this is different. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. And if you're a parent, grandparent, or just a church member, I wonder if you'd just like to step out, come up here and put your arms around, or lay hands on one of these children. As a church family, and maybe just bestow a little bit of something, cover them in prayer. Let's.